I'm DeWitt Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because I have two more of my wonderful and awesome HCC students. As the emerging adults speak out, continues. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to some and present to up Mr. Isaac Graves and Miss Rose Karina. <laughs> Welcome to the show, lady and gentlemen. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, how are you? All right. Before I have you guys introduce yourself, let's check it in. You guys have had five homework assignments and two tests thus far. And you are doing marvelous. So how has the start to the 2022 fall semester gone so far? Beginning with you, Rose. Um, I'll be honest, this is my favorite class. That gives me the least amount of stress. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, you're not trying to make me feel good, are you? Uh, no, I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Uh, this is my this is by far my favorite class. But my my schedule's been pretty full. So I'm excited to see if I can keep up the straight A business I've got going on. Awesome. Isaac? Yeah, it's been good. This is probably the um, my favorite class that I have so far. It gives me the least stress too. Um, I'm only in three classes right now. I'm not full time because I'm working a lot. But um, I definitely been pretty busy too. Awesome. Very good, guys. The title of this episode is The American Court System. And the learning management system that Heartland uses is Canvas. And I don't know, do you guys notice the four picture links that I have on Canvas? Did you notice those, Rose? Um, Which page? Like on your homepage? Yes. I don't think so. You didn't? All right. What about you, Isaac? I'm sorry. What was the question? Did you notice the four picture links that I have on my homepage of Canvas? I don't think I did. No. Okay. I was just wondering because one of them, if you click on it, you get the modules. Another one, if you click on, you get the policies. Oh, I see that. You've got four celebrities here. Okay. So you can, you can see it now. And the reason mm-hmm. I asked is because those four people, one is Thurgood Marshall. One is Charles Houston. One is Constance Baker Motley, and the other is Viola Luzo. And Viola Luzo is the only white woman to actually be murdered during the march from from Selma to Montgomery. And she is the woman that I wrote about from Detroit, who Heartland has also allowed me to have a scholarship in her name. And then you have Thurgood Marshall, who I would 
say is the greatest attorney, lawyer, and judge to ever walk the face of the earth and the first African-American to be nominated and to serve on the Supreme Court. And then you have Charles Houston, who actually was the dean of the law school at Howard University, who taught Thurgood Marshall. And then you had uh, Baker Motley, who was the first African-American woman to serve on the federal court. And so this being the episode entitled The American Court System, I just wanted to point that out to you guys. Segment one. Segment one is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplish this by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, what you plan to major in, why you enrolled in the class and give us one career go beginning with you, Rose. Okay. I was born in Watertown, New York, and I was raised in Davenport, Iowa. Um, so I actually attended to Moline Senior High School where I graduated from across the river. I am actually majoring in criminal justice. So criminal justice 101 is kind of a requirement for that. But um, I'm glad that I took this class. I think it's about giving me a really good base to start working towards a criminal justice degree. And I hope in the future, I'll be able to apply that degree by using uh, genetic genealogy to identify perpetrators of heinous crimes and the victims they left behind. Awesome. That is magnificent, Rose. Excellent. Isaac? Yeah, I was born in Bloomington, Illinois, and I grew up in Clinton, Illinois. I went to Clinton High School. And I'm just going to Heartland right now to try to get into the radiography program, hopefully and um, try and go into radiology. But I took this criminal justice course because if I don't do, if I don't end up getting into the program or if I don't end up liking that route, I think that this is probably a route that I'd want to go down. Excellent. Brother got a plan B. Man, that is awesome, Isaac. I do not find very many students that actually know what they want to do at this level, freshman and sophomore level let alone have a plan B or a backup plan as to what they would like to do. That's awesome. And so y'all know that, or or at least you know, Isaac, that Mr. Bingham is rooting for plan B. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, no, seriously. uh, Radiology is a very good area to get into as well. All right. Very good. Segment two, constitutional rights. I think the best part of the United States Constitution is the fact that it states we the people. Before we ask you to give us your favorite constitutional right, what do those words mean to you? If I if I were to ask you what the words we the people mean to you, what would your response be? Beginning with you, Isaac. Uh, I just believe that we the people probably embodies us as a nation or like us as a whole. Okay, very good. Rose? Uh, We the people, as a phrase um, coming from our Constitution, I feel like really represents our country as the ideal of all of us coming together as one to make a better world than we started with. Awesome. Very good. If I mentioned the name Katanji Brown Jackson, would that ring a bell to you, Rose? Katanji Brown Jackson. Is Is that not related to the Supreme Court somehow? Yes, it is. The brand new Supreme Court justice, uh, the first African-American woman to serve on the Supreme Court, started her first day today. And she started with a bang. You hear what I'm saying? It is the most balanced court that we have ever seen. 
because there are two African-Americans on the court and there are four women on the court. She actually came out on fire today because the case involved voting rights that they were hearing today on her first day. She pointed out that the civil, the 1866 Civil Rights Act specifically stated that other citizens would have the same rights as white citizens. Who are those other citizens that the 1866 Civil Rights Act to are referring to? It had to be people of color. I think that is the reason why we actually needed her on, a, on the Supreme Court, because she came in pulling no punches. And so what's your take on that, Isaac? What you think? Oh, I mean, what you what you think about about the fact that we got the first African-American woman on the Supreme Court? I think that's great. I mean, I think it's good that it's going to be more balanced now. I know that. I mean, I know it definitely hasn't been for a long time. OK, Rose, what about you? Um, you know, I'm always happy to see a woman of color take over for a white man. I just, you know, <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. We could come back to that, Rose, because I got to point out, Isaac, something that she put in her pre-survey that just had me in tears. It was so funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Having said that, Isaac, what's your favorite constitutional right? Um, I chose self-incrimination and double jeopardy, the Fifth Amendment. That'd be my favorite one. Okay. And then I assume that it is your favorite because of those two things. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's pretty much all I can say about that, I guess. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Very important that an individual not be able to self-incriminate themselves and that the court not be able to try you two times if you found innocent, found not guilty. And then they want to come back and try to try a brother again. That wouldn't be right, would it? Yeah, it seemed like a pretty important one to me because of that. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Rose. Um, I would say my favorite is number four, search and, search and seizure. I do a lot of driving cross country almost constantly, and while I know I don't usually have a problem by myself. My fiance is a person of color and this seriously, we tend to have a lot more problems when he's driving. Um, and I would like to say that knowing your rights is very important because most police officers either bank on the fact that you don't know your rights or they don't know your rights. So if you aren't informed about the search and seizure laws, they will, they will bring out, um, drug dogs to sniff your car without any sort of a warrant. They'll take. Literally any any inch that they can find, they will take. And it, it can end in a really uh, uncomfortable situation very quickly. Awesome. Absolutely, Rose. That is one of the main reasons why I started this podcast, so that people can be informed. And you and Isaac are providing information for those who do not know about their rights. And so that's awesome. All right. Let's provide our audience with a little more info on the American court system. The American court system is dualistic. Why do we refer to our system as dualistic? Beginning with you, Isaac. Are you referring to the fact that we have the criminal court and the civil court? Okay. All right. That would be the two types of law that okay. we have. All right. The, uh, I'm not sure. No, that's fine. Because that's what I was going to ask next. What are the two types of law 
the criminal and civil law. When we when we talk about the dual system, we're referring to roles. Um, is that where our courts are divided between federal and state governments? Absolutely. Very good. And so we have a state tier system, right? And we have a federal tier system for both, as Isaac points out, for both criminal and civil. Uh, can you give me one difference between the two roles? Yeah. So um, criminal court is something uh, your neighbor is never going to be able to take you to criminal court. It will always be civil court if someone is suing you that is not the government. Awesome. Very good. Isaac, can you give us another one? Um, the best way I could probably categorize it is that criminal court can impose like kind of punishments and things like that. And I mean, I know that the other one can too, but it's typically used for like real criminals and like then when they're in more trouble and not just a civil dispute or something that is like a problem between individuals. Excellent. I, and what you are bearing out is that typically in criminal court, an individual, if they're found guilty, go to jail or go yeah. or, or be sentenced to a, a secure type of facility. And when it comes to civil, the outcome is usually monetary. Very good. All right. Which of the two has the higher level of proof? Do we, either of you know? When we say higher level of proof, we're talking about in a criminal trial, there is the offense has to be proven to a certain level. And in a civil case, it has to be proven to a certain level. Any idea what those levels of proof are? Um, I would, I was, if you're asking which one has a higher standard of proof, I'd probably say the criminal trier trial because the prosecutor, ha it's harder for him to prove that he's in it, um, committed a crime. Okay, very good. You're exactly right. And Rose, do you know what that specific, the name of that specific level is? Um, so for criminal courts, it's a overwhelming burden of proof. Okay. So, I mean, if you push your wife down the stairs and try to say that an owl did it. Like the, the prosecutor has to prove that that's ridiculous. And also that you definitely did that. It, ha it has to be both. It can't just be, Oh, well, that's ridiculous. So obviously you did it. You have to actually prove that person was there and uh, committed the action. All right. Very good. And so the level of proof is beyond a reasonable doubt for criminal cases. So if the person got pushed down the stairs, then the state would have to actually prove that the individual did it. But beyond a reasonable doubt, the evidence has to be such that there's no doubt for the jury to actually convict that individual. But now in civil court, when an individual uh, brings a lawsuit against the defendant, the person that's bringing it is called the plaintiff. And so the individual that brings that case against the defendant the level of proof is much lower. It's called a preponderance of the evidence. And a preponderance of the evidence is more likely than not. And so the level of proof doesn't have to be beyond a reasonable doubt. So it's, it's more likely than not, and it's not as high. The federal system has a three-tier system, whereby 39 states have four tiers to it. In other words, there is an original court, an original court is where all the criminal cases begin at the state level, the original court. 
then you have a an appellate court and or, or what we should say an intermediate court appellate court and then you have the state supreme court that's the way it is in Illinois and then you have the United States Supreme Court what is the highest court in the land rose that would be the Supreme Court of the United States awesome very good and so in some states you just have the original court and then you have that state supreme court and then it goes to the United States Supreme Court. All right. And so thus in a state like Illinois, you have a four tier system. So just want to point that out to our audience. Uh, Who is the greatest United States Supreme Court justice? I already mentioned him. Marshall. Yeah, (laughs) buddy. All right. Do you think that there's ever been a racist on the court, Isaac? Yes. Okay. Yes. One specific one was J.P. McReynolds, who I mentioned Charles Houston. The great Charles Houston was dean of Howard Law School. He taught Thurgood Marshall everything. Well, when he was actually presenting a case at the United States Supreme Court, he actually turned his back on Charles Houston while he was making his argument. And it was no doubt that he was a racist, which is one of the main reasons why it is good, as you point out, Isaac, that the court have a balance when it comes to women being represented, men being represented, race, different races being represented. All right. Very good. Let's move on to segment number three, being a voice for change. As emerging adults who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say Rose and Isaac about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter. Beginning with you, Rose. Oh, this is a big topic. Um, So realistically, white supremacy um, has been woven into our culture as a country since its founding. I mean, we haven't really reached a level of change I would call willing or genuine. Um, Black Lives Matter is a natural response to our failure to make progressive changes over several decades. I think it will continue to be a necessary organization until we do make actual, meaningful, and genuine change as a country and a culture. And I think deferring youth and people of color specifically into educational or therapeutic alternatives to the criminal justice system would go a long way into building more trust in our in our community and easing the economic divide between white people and people of color. Awesome, Rose. Awesome. Isaac? Um, I do. I definitely believe that white supremacy is still something that exists as far as that goes. I mean, and the Black Lives Matter Association, I understand that it definitely is something that's still needed in our culture. I know that they definitely made some mistakes throughout the time. I've seen some of the things that has um shown some of the things that they've done wrong. But the organization as a whole, I still think that they're trying to do something good. Awesome, Isaac. Very good. All right. What's your opinion on the the Capitol insurrection? Are y'all familiar with that? I think there's a lot of people not currently in prison that probably should be in prison. Treason is not a charge that we see very often, um, but sometimes it's deserved. And I think that's one of those cases. Okay. Um, I'm, you're referring to the Donald Trump thing, right? Where the uh, his supporters attacked the Capitol building. Correct. Yeah, um, I thought that that was just unbelievable. But I, I as far as um, people being in jail for that or anything, I'm not sure if uh, I would go as far to say that uh, 
he invoked he purposely invoked it but i'm not sure i'm not sure that i'm educated enough on the topic to speak any more than that okay very good you know there are a couple i wouldn't say a couple there's probably a good couple of handfuls of representatives that are still in Washington, D.C. and still in their posts that aided and abetted the people that committed that insurrection, which technically is against the Constitution. Okay. All right. Very good. You guys have done a little study for this podcast. All right. Last question. What I always ask all the guests, what would you like to see the Biden administration accomplish? And first, before I asked you to give your answer, Isaac, I got to read what Rose said. <laughs> Rose said, for once, I would like to see an old white man keep his promises about literally anything. <laughs> but I would also take student forgiveness without so many clauses you need a law degree to read them. I would also like to see the Biden administration send Trump to prison for treats. <laughs> okay. So having said that, Isaac, what would you like to see the Biden administration accomplish? Um, as far as things to better our country, I mean, I know an immediate issue right now is border um, structure. I don't think that we should be letting in quite as many people as we are right now. I think that that's an issue that I've been seeing, but I don't know. Um, and that's not even being pro-Trump or anything. I just believe that there's a lot of people coming in illegally that probably should have been stopped. The border is just really bad right now. OK. All right. Ro? Um, So, I mean, yeah, for one, I would like to see the Biden administration provide student death relief in a way that the average American can understand. <laughs> um, while legislation has been passed recently and signed regarding student debt relief, there are several steps to determine if you're even eligible for the relief, which discourages people from starting the relief process at all, particularly those that come from lower income and underprivileged backgrounds, which we do see a lot of those same people end up in the criminal justice system. I, I, again, I would just take anything, a single promise fulfilled for anything more than campaign goodwill. Awesome. We're not going to have time to get into a couple of other things because we're running out of time. But I note that both of you guys agreed that cannabis should be legalized at the federal level in terms of making it easier to vote, which is what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast with the Civil Rights, the 1866 Civil Rights Act. Rose said yes, and... Isaac said no. In terms of free community college, Rose said yes. Isaac said no. And in terms of defund the police, Rose said yes. And Isaac says, says no. We are not going to have time to cover that. I want to say thank you guys for coming on the show. And I really appreciate all the preparation that you did to prepare yourself for the episode. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The dualistic American court system, important constitutional rights, and what can be done to make America a better place to live. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed.